Welcome to the Empowered Movement Podcast. Good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday morning when I am recording this, so I hope you're having a wonderful morning or whatever time of the day it is when you're listening to this. My name is Dr. Emily Rausch. I am the owner of Empowered Movement Chiropractic in Boise, Idaho. Like always, my lovely dog Samson is asleep underneath my feet, so if you hear any random sounds coming from the background, it's most likely him. Today's topic is I want to dig into a mistake that I made recently. One of the things that I try really hard to do as a provider is to provide empowerment, which is why my clinic is called Empowered Movement, and I want people to feel like empowered in their body and in their ability to move their body. I'm noticing there's a trend where a lot of people are really apprehensive to move their bodies incorrectly, and that's in quotation marks, incorrectly. I feel like, actually I know, it's not even a field, that there are a lot of people that promote the message that there's a perfect way to move, and that if you move incorrectly, that you are hurting your body. I think this is bullshit. We're all different people, we're all going to move differently, but that's not the topic of the day. We can, we can rant on that another day. The topic of today is how I messed up with a patient recently. I did not leave them feeling educated or empowered and unfortunately led to them feeling a little bit of f- fragility and with the words that I cho- like chose to use that day. And it breaks my heart. But once, like, I can't undo it, right? Like, I can't go back in time and unsay the words that I said to this person. So I am having to backtrack a little bit and wanted to just put this out there because I think there's a lot of pressure to feel like you're never going to make a mistake. And that's not realistic. And I am wanting to just, like, I don't know, come clean and admit that I messed up. So. Let's set the story. Let's set the stage. I have a amazing patient that is dealing with some hip pain. The working diagnosis is a hip flexor strain from a little bit of overuse and like pushing themselves a little bit too hard recently. Um, overall, I feel like our treatment together is going fairly well. They're still having... Um, like random bouts of symptoms where like things aren't feeling a hundred percent all the time. And we're still trying to figure out like, where is their capacity for movement currently? And like some, sometimes, unfortunately, really the only way to find like what is too far is to try things and then be like, Nope, my body's not a hundred percent ready for that yet. And so then like you have that data point, And so, you know, you know, like three hours of, an activity is too much for me right now, so let's try less. Um, so earlier or later last week, the patient expressed um, some feelings of like anxiety about whether this was going to turn chronic, and they didn't feel like they were um, recovering as quickly as they had wanted to 
or had anticipated, I guess is probably a better way to say it. And um, every time they were experiencing symptoms, even though it was becoming like less and less frequently, it was still like pretty scary because they had had previous injuries in the past that had followed a similar pattern that turned chronic and required some more invasive um, treatment that they were hoping to avoid with this current injury. And so I was like listening to their their explanation and in the moment was kind of getting the vibe that they were thinking that like maybe I didn't have a plan B for them. Like it was like we're putting all of our eggs in this one basket and if things don't get better that I was just going to be like, all right, I don't know what's going on. See you later. Bye. And I wanted to express to them my intention to express to them was there were other things that I was like kind of keeping in my back pocket for like other things that could be going on besides a hip flexor strain and that I had a plan if our current like course of treatment did not yield the results that both both of us were hoping for. So I, in not the greatest words, told them that there was always the option for imaging and that I had some other things that could potentially be going on. Well, when I told them what other things that I thought could be going on. And I'm intentionally keeping this vague because I don't want people to be able to figure out who I'm talking about. Um, The other things that I was thinking might be going on are things that potentially could lead to surgical intervention if they chose to. I personally wouldn't have surgery if this was my body, but once again, I'm not them. So just like trying to give them all of the potential things that could happen and then they can make their own informed choice. Well, my intent and then how it was perceived were two completely different things. I was hoping to instill some sort of like trust in my patient that I was like thinking ahead and, you know, like had plans for the future if things didn't work out. Well, the way that they interpreted this conversation was that there were more things going on that were scary in their minds and the like the thought of like having to pay for um, more intensive imaging and then like potentially like needing surgery um, were very overwhelming and they didn't immediately express that but they chose to express it to me yesterday so we had to Like I had to come to terms with the fact that I did not do a very good job, one, educating or empowering my patient. So what I could have done differently and what I'm going to hopefully keep in mind when I'm working with people moving forward is that there was a very much a disconnect between my understanding of pain and the rehab process, and the healing process, and their understanding of pain, the rehab process, and the healing process. So I wanted to just kind of extrapolate on that a little bit. Pain is super complex. It's way more complex than I think a lot of people that don't study the body and pain science realize. And there's still a lot of people that have this 
thought in their head that pain, when you're experiencing pain, it means that you are doing damage to your body. So if your hip hurts, we'll just keep on the hip, that every time you feel pain, they're envisioning inside that like muscles are ripping, tendons are ripping, labrum is ripping, and that they should not experience pain. And that experiencing pain means that like something is like wrong, seriously wrong. And while to some extent, I agree that you shouldn't ignore your pain, like you should be aware that sometimes pain is a signal that like you're doing too much, that something isn't right, and that you should go get evaluated. Other points, I feel like we have like over demonized pain where when something is slightly uncomfortable, that we are like, oh, no, no, like, I, I can't experience that. And I think we need to find a balance in the middle as a society where like sometimes we're going to be in pain. Sometimes we wake up and our our neck hurts. It doesn't mean that we like seriously damaged our neck in the night. But then we also like shouldn't be on the like no pain, no gain movement. Find a nice, nice middle ground. And I was reading a, a research article this morning, which is like another reason why I chose this topic for the day, besides the fact that I messed up yesterday. Um, the International Association for the Study of Pain had recently updated the definition of pain. And it's it's an, an interesting definition. It, it is an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience associated with or resembling that associated with actual or potential tissue damage. So... Just like I was saying, pain doesn't actually mean that you are doing damage to your tissues. And it is also, like, obviously, it's an unpleasant sensory experience, but also an unpleasant emotional experience. So, if we're not taking into consideration the emotional aspect of pain when we're interacting with people, we're missing the boat. So, how I attempted to rectify this situation. And I don't know if I was successful or not because I feel like the um, person is going to need to process our conversation a little bit more and we'll see, we'll see how it turns out. I'm hoping for the best, but that's really all I can do right now. So yesterday when they came in, um, they had expressed that they were really worried, that they were still experiencing pain. They were wanting to know a bunch of information about my like back pocket diagnosis that I just threw out at the end of one of their visits last week. They wanted to know a lot of details. They wanted to know um, like prognosis, outcomes, all of these things. And I had to say pause. And we just had a really nice conversation about what do they think was happening when they experienced pain. Um, and did it match up with like current knowledge and current research about pain? And it turned out it didn't. And we had a nice conversation about, you know, how when we do certain activities, we can be in pain doing them. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're like damaging our body while we're doing those activities and just kind of like linked things that we have in common and linked activities that I know that this patient does 
where I'm like, okay, you know, we do X activity and I know it's painful because I do it too. Do you really think that every single time that you're, you're doing that, that you're like actually causing damage to your body? And they said, no. And I said, okay, what about people that are in chronic pain? So do you think that they're just walking around just like destroying their body because they're in pain doing like, you know, generic everyday movements? And they said, no. And so I was like, okay, so we need to like really work on disconnecting hurt and harm. Sometimes they're together, not always. So that was one part. Another part that I feel like I should have done way earlier in our treatment together is explain to them that if I thought the activities that they were continuing to do were leading to them not improving as quickly as I would want them to, that I would be very blunt and tell them not to not to do that activity anymore. I don't like to tell people that they can't do the things that they want to do because I think that leads into a lot more um, like mental and emotional distress than it needs to. For example, if you have someone that likes to run and they're having pain when running, instead of saying, don't run, say, we're going to cap your mileage at whatever miles a week or whatever miles a run, or we're going to slow your pace down. There's ways to usually like modify activity around symptoms. That doesn't mean that they can't do the thing that they really enjoy doing, especially in the world that we live in right now, where we don't really have access to a lot of the things that we like to do a hundred percent yet. Um, I feel like telling someone that they can't do something that is bringing them the little bit of joy that they have in the world right now would just have like devastating effects. So to me, it wasn't, it's not worth it. Um, and so I needed to be very clear with this patient that it wasn't me like being wishy-washy about them doing their activity. It was uh, like a very clear choice for me to continue to have them do the activity that they wanted to do. Obviously it's their body and they can choose to do what they want with their body. But if I really felt like them continuing to do it was harming them, that I would have that conversation with them. So that was, those two points were really helpful and like easing some of the anxiety that my patient was having. The third point that I or third thing that I did that was helpful and that I'm going to make a conscious effort to do with people earlier on in their treatment is draw out a typical like healing timeline and show them that we want our, like, not like me wanting things, but like just as human beings, we want like every day to, to be slightly better, right? So if we're starting at, Uh, I don't know, let's say we're in seven out of 10 pain and then we start working with someone, we want the next time that we see them to be like at a six out of 10 pain and the next time to be at like a five or a four and the next time to be at a three or a two and the next time to be like at a one or a zero. So it's just like very linear, like pain is going down and then we're feeling better, you know, going from like zero to a hundred straight line going up. That's like the the dream that I feel like a lot of us have. And I feel like there's this like 
a lot of times unexplored expectation that every single time I come in to see someone to be treated for my pain, that I'm going to feel better after every single visit and that I'm going to continue to feel better after every single visit. And that if I feel worse, it means that something isn't working. There's something wrong with me. The doctor isn't doing what they're supposed to do. And that expectation and reality are usually two different things. So taking the time to explain to people that healing isn't linear. You're going to have some days where your pain like drastically decreases and your function drastically increases. And then the next day you might be in more pain and you might not be able to do the things that you want to do. So it's kind of this like stair stepper, like zigzaggy line of healing where you're, you know, you have some days that are up and then you go back down and then you have some days that are up and then you go back down. And the goal is to have that like up down trajectory be going towards better, whatever that looks like, whether it's decreased pain or increased function or a combination of both, but to expect the healing process to like day by day by day, just be linear, isn't realistic. And I think if I would have had this conversation with my patient on our first or second visit, all of it to be like, this is my working diagnosis. I have other things in mind that are potentially um, like different, but we can explore those if things don't work the way or like aren't turning out the way that I am. Um, anticipating you're good to continue doing the activity that you like to do. If at any point I feel like it is like hampering our recovery process, I will let you know that we need to cut back or modify more than we have been or whatever, but you're good to continue now and explain that healing isn't linear, that I would have set myself up for success and the patient up for success sooner than they are. And it would have, I can almost guarantee relieved a lot of anxiety and stress and on both of our ends, because the patient wouldn't be worried about as many things as they're worried about, which means that I wouldn't be talking to them about their anxiety and worries, um, as frequently as I am. So that is my little story about pain and my mess up and, um, a way that I am hoping made it go better. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Uh, Stay healthy, stay safe, try to do something fun and have a great day. Bye.